Hello and welcome to the show. We unexpectedly went live. I mean, we expected it, but it just happened a little quicker than we thought. But this week, we got some major news about a shakeup coming to Marvel Comics. Are we out? Shaking up, maybe? Uh, not the way you were shaking up last night. Oh, my fault. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe a shakeup that's going to percolate. A little bit more, longer. more like the white people shake up that you were <laughs> yeah. trying to go to last night. Yo, what's up, guys? That's getting clipped. Uh, yeah, what's up, <laughs> chat? Hello and welcome, welcome, oh. welcome, welcome. Still said the sound works. We're good to go. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Hey, welcome back, Silv. Yeah, welcome, Silv. Good to see you. Good to see everybody this morning. As we talk about the shakeup coming to Marvel. Um, Tom Brevoort, the editor extraordinaire. Well, I said Heather was the editor extraordinaire last week, and that's true. But Tom Brevoort <laughs> is the 25-year veteran, 25-plus-year veteran of editing Marvel Comics. And Tom has a new job. Mm. Uh, it's not enough to just be the VP of publishing slash executive editor because now Tom Brevoort is going to be moving on from the Avengers to the X-Men. Mm. Okay. Okay. Take it off one hat, put it on the other. Yes. And he's a man known for his hat. Mm. A man known for many hats. He's taking off the A hat, putting on the X hat. And that means a lot. That means a lot. Your faces didn't light up when I said <laughs> Tom Brevoort is moving to the X-Men. But that's very significant. And that's what we're going to be talking about here. We're going to be talking about why it's significant that Tom mm. Brevoort is moving to the Avengers or to the X-Men. What it means for the Avengers, what it means for the X-Men and their MCU debut. I think I think that's the thing. Our faces didn't light up because we're sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah. <laughs> we, we know your bag, Sean. We know what you're doing. What do you mean? Me? I uh -huh. I didn't do anything. We know something's going to come. We're going we're gonna to throw it a pity out there, and then Sean's going to go, <laughs> but this. And then we're going to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, all right. I guess I guess we'll, we'll dive into it here now. Um, so, again, Tom Brevoort has been the man behind the Avengers for 25 years. Wow. Um, he's seen them through it pretty much everything. Yeah. I mean, that is a very, very long history. Uh, so let's see. I've been reading comics since I'm 13, 14, and that's, that's right around the start of, like, uh, uh, well, maybe like 14, 15. But that's that's where Civil War was starting to kind of cook up. Right, right in the middle of like the Avengers disassembled. The Bendis era. Hmm. And and that was about almost 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And Brevoort was already there. Mm -hmm. Deep in already. Yeah. So he saw them from disassembled and somewhat before that through Civil War, through Secret Invasion. You know, through Siege, through the Heroic Age, through Secret Wars, 
um, you know, the Hickman era. Yep. Everything. The Aaron era, which, you know, things got a little shaky. But he's mm-hmm. been there. He's the one who saw the Avengers rise from, frankly, middling characters. Because Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, these were not main major characters in Marvel before the Bendis, but also the Brevoort era. Hmm. And those are the characters that drove, what, the success of the MCU. So he deserves... Obviously, a lot of credit for keeping that all together. Um, and a lot of people have said, well, what is Tom Brevoort's style? What can we expect when he gets to the X-Men? Who knows? Because all those writers are very different. Yeah. who Who's the current X-Men editor? It's Tom Brevoort. Or, oh, X-Men. I'm sorry. I keep, I keep swapping them. Jordan D. White. <laughs> Jordan Okay. That's right. Um, He's been around for a while, too. Jordan's been around for a while, and Jordan has been holding it down on the X side of things since 2018. Maybe even er no, earlier than that, I think. Okay. Um, That's not not as long as I would have thought. Yeah, on the X line, it's been a little while. Um, Well, that makes sense. They were sort of negging them. So why have an editor? uh, Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, But to, to your point, though. Um, I see like the connection then, you know, this has a storied career that he helped launch through, through the iterations of MCU or post MCU. Mm-hmm. And now, uh, you know, now that it's been dropped in the show, the Marvels are coming out. So maybe we're going to get something more associated to mutants, right? Potentially, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the Wolverine Deadpool movie is going to be planned out and coming out. So you kind of want to have somebody behind or at the helm who is familiar with, well, this is how we distinguish in comics. This is how we distinguish in film, potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how the sauce was getting made necessarily, but I feel mm-hmm. like that's that logic makes sense. I, I, as the head at Marvel, want this person who has his career, has his experience to come onto this line. And, you know, editing aside, their priority is the cohesion, not necessarily the editing. That's interesting. I think that's the bigger uh, issue more than the MCU. Mm. You know, Brevoort's focus, to my understanding, because this, you know, his career is, was around way longer than the MCU was ever a twinkle in anybody's eye. I think the X line has a lot of potential um, in this new status quo. And I think Hickman knew that. And if Hickman were able to stay, I think he could have guided the ship. But I think there's been a loss of cohesion. Um, and nobody's been able to tap into that. Mm. But I think I think if Brevoort can write that ship and make it feel like one unit, um, then you know the the x-men can move forward in a in in a meaningful way mm. as opposed to all these separate random events that just keep climbing on top of each other and i think that's a very interesting uh, that's a very interesting thing to to tackle and i want to i want to give it just a moment because i want to refer to uh tom brevort's facebook message 
where I mean, you know, listen, the dude's <laughs> been around. We established that, so he's still he's still he making uses Facebook. Yeah, he's still making his announcements on Facebook. Um, Did his status, bro? So. He said, there's been a bunch of chatter this week concerning the, quote, secret mission that Dan Buckley spoke with me about that got mentioned in my newsletter. Some of it is pretty funny. Uh, Then he makes a joke about becoming the editor-in-chief, which isn't happening. Uh, No, the big story is that after a quarter of a century editing Avengers and its associated titles, I'm going to be moving away from those characters and titles and instead stepping into the world of mutants. Yes, that's right. I'm afraid that it's true. I'm the X. This isn't going to happen for a good while yet. I still have a ton of stuff cooking in Avengers, including next year's big crossover series, that need to be seen to completion. And at the same time, current ex-guru Jordan White and his team have a massive story that they're in the middle of and won't run its course for a long while. What I do will grow directly out of what they're doing, provided they leave me with anything to work with. What we're closer, when we're closer to the switchover happening and there's something worth reporting on, you'll hear more from us. So that establishes a couple of things, I think. The primary one being is that this is not immediate. This is not happening right this minute. Yeah. The second thing it establishes for me, and this was teased, as he said, um, in the newsletter, but Dan Buckley going to him, you know, Dan's the publisher, I'm pretty sure, Dan going to him and saying, I need you to do this. This is, the, this is what we need from you. Who does Dan Buckley report to? Dan Buckley reports to Kevin Feige. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There it is. So I think that that's, that is the answer. Um, do I think that maybe Marvel looks at the X line and goes, we need to do something here? A little, little, little cleanup. Little, little, got to sweep around you know, the corners and shit. Well, let's, let's not beat around the bush. There are a lot of people who have wanted Krakoa to end for four years. Sure. Mm-hmm. And to me, if you're going to bring in Tom Brevoort, it's not to replace Jordan White and continue to tell the stories they've been telling. Mm. So I'm here to say my big idea is that Krakoa is going bye-bye, at least in the way that it's been presented. Mm. And we still have you know the year to see how that plays out. Right. At, we mm. have at least until calendar year 2024 – to see where things go next year's event is still being processed and put together by Tom and the team at the Avengers line. That doesn't mean that we have to wait until that event is in the running that is happening in order for Tom to make the switch over. It just means that it has to be put together. Yeah. And and that editorial cycle obviously is planned out in advance. So he's doing the work now that will be coming out, you know, months from now. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Manny goes, Orcus gang rise. Unreal. <laughs> um, I, if, if that's the expectation and I think I've been, I feel like I've been vocal from the beginning when we started just when this was the status quo or establishes the new status quo, I, I would be disappointed to see a regression. And I feel like 
now that you've sort of flagged this, it feels like regression. We had such a good advancement with Hickman stuff, right? We, they, they, the X-Men took on a whole different meaning. Yeah. And I think mm. that meaning was strong. It was, you know, we're not going to, like, we are self, uh, placing a self in position to stay on, on Krakoa, build our, our own society and community and have our own adventures separate from the world. And that was, I think, a stark declaration in all of the, um, the Marvel Universe. Uh, I, I loved it. It was radical. It was new. It, was, it really pushed boundary. And so to hear, yeah, we're going from Kokoa back to fucking Westchester or something, that's not it, man. I, I'm, I would be tapped out. Maybe the stories are interesting. Fine. I'll give you that, and I'll, I'll read, but I would be terribly disappointed to see Krakoa end. How about you, Kale? Yeah, I feel the exact same way. I think, um, I think Krakoa presents a new, exciting status quo that, uh, frankly, is just... It's not been tapped into properly. Mm. Potential's still there, man. So how many how many stories do we have to have revolving around a school in New York? Like and and what does that mean for the X-Men going from here, you know? Right. Uh, the the X-Men as a the X-Men as a story and like what the X-Men mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 tough and I think that the answer well what we get as an answer, you know, which we told in the comics, will present the philosophy that Marvel has about the X-Men going forward. Um, because this is definitely also the chain that that binds the X-Men from the comics to the X-Men of the films. Mm. I think that you get Tom Brevoort to bring the synergy. Not the one-to-one synergy, but just to get the line in a place that's comfortable for Feige and whatever they need things to look like, um, you know, in the books. And whatever, whatever like, benchmark they want the books to be hitting for the films to play from. Um, am I happy about the idea of Krakoa going away? No, I'm not. I'm not. I think that it was a revolution and a, and a, a paradigm shift. And I don't know... I don't know if we can go back to the way things were. Not right now. It doesn't feel right. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope this is not the end of Krakoa because I do think it's too soon. Yeah. Let us live in this for like, honestly, uh, 10 years, man. Like I want to see, I want to see a generation born on. This is my X-Men. And I would have loved to have seen the ideal, the ideals present, first presented by Hickman in film. They're mm. complex, they're dense. I think that makes for a really good storyline in the movies. And it's different because you're, you're, uh, we have a history of knowing what the X-Men are from you know, some of the, the other films, but this would deviate and sort of challenge, I think, people who, you know, the, the, the complaint, the complaint is always, um, the first movie is an introduction or a uh, origin film and 
or people who have the history is like, all right, you know, we get it. We've seen these, this as an introduction, but this would be different. I doubt people would uh, complain about seeing this level of, uh, frankly, ingenuity from Hickman and that and the way that he set up the House and Powers of X. That in a movie, give it to me, dude. Like, I would love to see the the assault on Orcus, the, what is it, the, the mother mold mm. in, in a film, bro. Easy. Uh, yeah, that, you're right. That would be absolutely radical. Um, I do think that's high-level X-Men stuff, though. So We're there. Give it to us. But I, are we? We I, are. I think that the Krakoan era means more because of the fact that we have a very good understanding of what the world is like for the mutants. And the MCU has a lot of work to do because there are no mutants. So you go from no mutants at all to these are mutants that were so desperate that they set up Krakoa. Now, you, you could figure out a way to say, you know... Yeah. I, honestly, they've been in I, hiding or some shit. Like, yeah, that's always been my thing. Would be that they would say that they were in hiding. Um, but if they haven't ever gone through the phase of oppression that we've seen throughout the comics, I don't think that it makes sense necessarily for Krakoa to happen because mm. they're uni- they're so united in a way that like only a catastrophe can make people get along this well. Like something really bad had to happen for for them to be like, you know what? We need to put our differences aside. We need to get apocalypse in this in this in this uh, in this. Yo, situation. nah, you know? it's okay. The, the Eternals got it. They're fine. <laughs> the Earth's gonna end. You send in the Eternals. We're good. So, but it's gonna be tough. It's going to be tough. And I think having Tom Brevor in the position of, you know, editor. You know, chief editor, not editor in chief, but chief editor of the X line, will help figure some of those things out. Um, mm-hmm. But is Krakoa the 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 base level where you can say, okay, this is a great starting point for the mutants on film? I'm not so sure. I think that. I mm, I don't think you can do it the way Hickman did it. I don't. Sure. I I don't think you can do it in the place where. You know, like you said, Sean, good guys and bad guys come together. It's raining cats and dogs, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, you know, I wonder if you could do it and maybe make it sort of the new school. You know, because the school, the school ostensibly would serve the same purpose, right? They're hiding out in Westchester or whatever. Sure, right. Um, and all of a sudden they reveal themselves to the world. I think if, if you do that on Krakoa, you can make it this thriving ecosystem where, you know, let's say in the first X-Men movie, we see that ecosystem become attacked oh and then yeah. and and that's that's when Krakoa is revealed to the world and we don't have to worry about 
uh, or we can work our way up to actually this is a mutant utopia and you guys should come visit us and and to that right like you could you could have it where Krakoa was historically made or has been a sanctuary for mutants because of the uh even back in the days of apocalypse you know because of mm. the discrimination mm. uh miss marvel is now a mutant you know maybe the first uh well-known and huge mutant that they can't sort of just like scoop away and save and come in as sort of like a delegation and to your point uh kale you can have a generation of x-men or a generation of mutants who have not known that discrimination now enter the world and suddenly be hated and then and that we would revalidate the let's say ideal of uh magneto or charles or uh, even apocalypse at that time like no we were right to have made this decision and hide away this is what happens when we reveal ourselves I just I just don't think it's clean and I think that's the biggest mm -hmm. problem that the MCU is going to face yeah. is that that that's not clean to me because where where are they at like where like so professor x just says yo you're a, in in their mind yo you're a mutant come to me now and they just drop their life and move to Krakoa you know like that's what Jesus did <laughs> 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 you say drop your <laughs> drop your possessions and follow me <laughs> and the guy said oh but what about my wife and what about my cows and he said oh you don't believe me believe in me damn <laughs> except <laughs> professor x has mind control you tell me jesus didn't have mind control might have, might have. <laughs> um i i think you're right i think you're right um but i i wonder like what is that you know, I mentioned the the sort of um, yeah. uh, he was absolutely an omega level mutant. One hundred percent. Amazing. I, that needs to be canon, dude. I I it wonder if I want. I, it's gotta be. I think Santa is right. Yeah, like, Santa is canonically a mutant. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I wonder what like the broader conversation of like, you know, and I, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, the broader conversation of what the X-Men are now that, you know, we have Krakoa and we have this, this pocket era of evolution, you know, mm -hmm. uh, is it, is it ra race relations? Is it bigger than race relations? Is it the next step in ra race relations? I wonder if, taking it all the way back to you know uh martin luther king and malcolm x running a school you know and uh, f bickering at each other like is that a step back uh are you muted i think you're muted oh i think i think it is um a step back to some degree but i think that Getting the mutants to a place that is familiar to audiences mm. makes sense. But you could it's so crazy because you could easily just go the other way. You could say, 
Well, yeah, you could make you could make it familiar, but the MCU has looked a certain way the whole time. Wouldn't it be cool to say that the mutants are on an island and give us a totally different environment for them to be in? Yeah. You know, you could make that argument and it's like, well, actually that makes sense too. So, it's a really difficult thing and I do, I know it's, you know, stuff to feel bad for for businesses right now, but I kind of do feel bad uh, on the creative end for Marvel because they have a big problem to solve. It's not clean. They didn't have the mutants in 2008 or even 2012 or even 2015. Any of those yeah. times, it would have been fine. But now it's like, well, where the hell have they been? And how do you cleanly explain the fact that they haven't been here? Look at the mess, in my opinion, that Eternals was. To try to jump through hoops to explain why they didn't help with Thanos and where the hell they've been. Where the hell have the mutants been? But I think that's more of a valid, they buggered off. You know, like, I think that's a better, and, and will not intervene because well, that's the human world kind of thing. Like, I, I think I think that's a quick, you know, three sentence explanation and we get into consequences of the the reveal in in my mind for me that that i think uh, that i think would be enough and then you get context revealed as you sort of explore the world but heard on your point i think it's valid cw gordon says go all the way and just have them be on mars all this time i think Yo. that i i i'll i'll say this right away i don't want to see that but i think that that is a way to do it where you say yeah. They dipped. Professor X made Earth forget that mutants exist, and that's just oh. where they're at. But the problem with that is, what about the mutants that are on Earth that are that have come since the Mars? You know, the Marauders, and and their their base is Krakoa, and they're here to you know send save people and send you through the gates back to fucking mutant paradise. One, a Marauders movie. I'm down. Okay, that's kind of cool. I you know. I don't agree with all Chill's points, but he says in the chat, I'll take any explanation as long as they're here. Same with a certain Wakandan. Wakanda's a great example. They have a force field around, mm. you know, the city or whatever, and nobody knows about them until the mysterious white man shows up. <laughs> like, all this time? But people, like, well, no, people know Wakanda, people know Wakanda exists. They just don't know yeah, what right. it looks like. Right. Okay, they right. Yeah, poor. that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Because cause I forgot that Black Panther's father was in the UN or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I, I feel like there's a lot of work to do on the MCU end of things. Let's talk about the comics end of things again. Sure. Because clearly, you know, we are in the middle of a big X epic that's been unfolding since House and Powers began uh, in 2019 or whatever. So... We've all sort of said we're not ready for it to end. But we, I think we've all also said we need a change. That things aren't quite feeling how they felt. And part of that is just never going to be, you can't fix it. Jonathan Hickman is not coming back. Yeah. yeah. And how do you take a writer's idea, you know, a dude who had a Bible's worth of stories to tell within this world and, you know, 
dig through that and figure out a way to present his ideas and then also implement your ideas. I think I think it's tough, um, you know, but I'm not impressed with what they've done. Truthfully, I love Immortal X-Men. I think it's great. X-Men Red, I think it's great. There may be people hearing me and, and, and you know, you say it's biased because I love Hickman. Well, yeah, damn right I love Hickman. But I just don't think it's been as good. I, I just don't. I haven't been as enthralled. So something has to change. And maybe Brevoort can come in and be that change that we need to right this ship. And I'm going to I'm gonna stop talking, but I want to get to this super chat. Uh, Atomic Hound, thank you so much for the $9.99 super chat. X-Men suffer the same problem as Batman at DC, regardless of the context. Too many titles to... to uh, too many sub niche groups that dilutes the entire Marvel line. Great discussion as usual, guys. Thank you so much, and I love that point. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Mm. The the X line of titles has the responsibility of being an anchor, just like Batman does. So what happens? They try to create titles that service various different kinds of readers. When you look at the X books right now. Really, there's a book for everyone. Even if you don't like Krakoa, Marvel right now has Storm on the stands, which is the, I think that's by, is that by Claremont? It might be the Claremont book. The, the classic stuff? Yeah, the classic stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's Claremont, but it's someone it's, of that era. Right. Yeah. And Nascenti has the Jean Grey book, which ties into what's happening now, but it is aimed, I I believe, at you know, the, 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 the crowd that doesn't necessarily love Krakoa because it is going through her past to get her through the situation that she's in. Mm. Um, so I think that I think there's some salience to that point where they're trying to appease multiple markets at once. Mm. We we actually talked about that on Pals Pulls, um, where, you know, I, I felt like the the Dark X-Men, Alpha Flight, Uncanny, like all that's especially with the, the volume of mutants and uncanny avengers um they all felt like just x books mm. and um i think one of the criticisms we had talked about was you know it's just a lot it's number ones and then am i expected to follow these mm-hmm. um post this the quality of the the individual books aside but you know is the expectation now i have three more x books to pick up or x-men related books to pick up that's a lot yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Please. Uh, the chat is saying that, you know, they're not going to cut the line. I'm not saying that they'll cut the line. I'm talking about consistency across the line. Mm. Yeah. And where the problem for me is that the books have felt very disparate. Like they're doing yeah. such different things all over the map. And it's like, it's a lot. Whereas. You know, yes, there are a lot of Batman books and there are a lot of Batman adjacent books, but they feel like they're Batman books. And I feel like with Brevoort coming over, this could be sort of this could be similar to the era leading up to Civil War. In that ideally, you know, what what he can do is sort of, you know, not even necessarily take away books or take away, you know, pieces on the board, but he can turn the, you know, turn the pieces the correct way. Yeah. You know, to sort of angle them all in a certain direction 
so that everything feels consistent. Everything has mm. a, a, a certain feel. Yeah. Which I think is really what's been missing because of all these uh, events and, and cut-ins and tie-ins and, you know, uh, thing after thing after thing. We can't get our feet on the ground. Like, yeah, just like you're saying, like, slow, just slow the pacing down for the Krakoa narrative. It just get us all looking one way. Sure. You know? Um, yeah, I mean, Blue Spaceman says, uh, going by the fact that they want to end or transition from Krakoa, we don't know that. You know, that's not that's not necessarily a fact of the situation. The only fact of the situation is that Tom Brevoort is coming. And we're in the middle of Fall of X. Yeah. And Fall of X doesn't necessarily mean or imply end of X. You know, it only means that right now the mutants are down. This is just a beat in the story. Mm. Um, and the story is clearly not over. And it's clearly not going to be over for sure until at least next year. And we don't know if Brevort's arrival means the end of the Krakoan era. Um, have they told a lot of stories in this time frame? You're darn right they have, but what's but, but keep this in mind. Hickman was ready to move on from something. The era that they were in in 2021 or whatever. Yeah. When he left. Yeah, yeah. He, they, he was ready to move on, and they were not ready, How and he had to go. So my mind has always been, since we learned that information, my mind has always been that the Krakoan era was supposed to be ending already. Because why would Hickman have had to leave two years ago if he was still going to be there now if they would have moved forward? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Damn, though. But, but, but then we're sacrificing that cohesion. Because I, I think... I think uh, House of Power, House and X, House and Powers of X, right? Solid, all of it, just tied into each other. The subsequent X Men pieces, like X Men proper title, all tied in, had consequences. So, I, I think we what we what they did was, let's, you know, we can handle it from here to your point, Sean, and let's see how we can how much we can stretch this out. But honestly, though, if and this reminds me of manga. Like, give me the full story. If if Hickman had an idea and a narrative, l let that play out. Let's see. Let's see how that would have gone. And that's, I think, the biggest shame of X, I mean, X Men at the moment. They'll probably still have the Bible and the documents. Like, yeah, but then you're they're extrapolating from that point on. Well, I mean, he's gone. Like, yeah, it's a it's a frustrating situation that I don't think is really anyone's fault, yeah. um, but it is a loss, and it's something that we'll never get back. We'll never yeah. get back, and we'll never know how things would have gone otherwise, but I have always felt that why would Hickman have wanted to move things along if he didn't have to for the sake of the timeline that he knew that he was on? If he had to get yeah. to gods by now, if he had to get to ultimates by now, what what would have happened, you know? Um, it's an interesting premise, but for his part, Kieran Gillen recently commented, and I don't have it in front of me. I've read the, the, uh, the quote associated with him a few times. I saw it on our discord. So if anybody can verify that they also saw this, that would be great. But I saw a quote where he essentially said that 
his stuff is completely unaffected by Brevoort coming on board and that he's got stories that are laid out and playing out and will be playing out for the next year um, solidly. Oh, so oh. I don't know if any didn't, you guys didn't catch that. Am I bugging mm-hmm. chat? Did you I guys no see that? If I did or not. Comment. Uh, well, I mean, one of you probably posted it. One of yeah, you people let, in the chat probably posted it, and I and I'll I see it. if I can uh, find it on uh, on his Tumblr. Yeah, I just start, I try to search, but I didn't pull anything up from Gillen. Yeah, and 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 you know, I want the this creative team for good or ill. I want them to be able to play their story out. Um, and I do want, well. Yeah. I don't, I don't want there to be some sort of abrupt end to this. I want it to continue on. Manny says, yeah. Yeah. Um. Cool, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't want it to end prematurely. I don't feel like the story that they've been telling would end prematurely if it ended next year. I feel like Krakoa, the era itself, would end prematurely if it ended next year. That, You're saying, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Just that, like, what started with Hoxpox, the end of that to me isn't necessarily the end of Krakoa. It's just the end of this particular brand of storytelling where everything is extremely interconnected and very serialized. I think you can still have Krakoa, but moving away from that idea is possible. Hmm. Uh, the quote from Gillen is. Uh, big news Marvel-wise is that Tom Brevoort is moving from the Avengers office to heading the X office down the line. This is earlier than Marvel normally announces stuff for reasons Tom describes in his newsletter. And if you're wondering how it affects our our present plans, the answer is basically it doesn't. I've talked about the story I'm telling, and it's broad length, and Tom will only be in the office after that's done. Okay. Okay. It's interesting that he said the story I'm telling. Oh, that means it's going to come off at some point. Well, I, I I guess I pointed that out because, like, I was under the impression that there was no head of X anymore uh, since Hickman mm. is gone. So, you know, this is the story he is telling the story that is broadly being told at large. Or yeah. did he just was he just referencing his own personal work when he said that? Surely they the oh, X collab table there hasn't you know gone away. So I'm I'm assuming he's in part driving stuff like Hellfire, stuff like um, like Hellfire Gala, for example. The uh, he didn't write that though. But but I'm I'm saying like he had some sort of um, uh, what is it hand in the craft of that narrative and that story and the consequences spilling out because that's going to affect his books. My understanding was that he was the driver similar to Hickman, maybe just not as intense. Yeah. And I I feel like I've read that uh, he, I don't know, uh, he allowed, quote-unquote, Jerry to do Hellfire Gala because mm. he didn't have anything or something. I see. They should have picked Al Ewing for that one. Oof, telling me. <laughs> I, I say aloud, I, you know, I, for a lack of a better word. Sure. Yeah. Not that Jerry had to come beg for permission or anything. Eh, well, maybe he should have. <laughs> um, 
Marvel is more than X-Men, guys, right? Yeah. Right now? X-Men and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Because they ain't Avengers. <laughs> really? Like, even if you... Haven't, haven't e- been for a while. Even if you like where Avengers have been for the last, you know, since Hickman left, even if you've been into it, I don't really think the argument can be made that it's as big as it was uh, for the Avengers since Hickman left. Yeah. Um, and they they got to do something about that, but it's like once the movies got hot, got, got hot and caught lightning, it's like, eh, whatever, we can do whatever we want with the Avengers now. We don't have to work to build towards something incredible. Um, but the tra- the overall trajectory of Marvel is a conversation we will definitely have on a different day. Uh, Chillmonger says the next year of X-Men comics will be like the last year of DC films, Dead in the Water. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't think this is as dire of a situation, especially because we don't know what's coming next. Whereas, you know, the argument could be made. I, I think I think DC had to talk about what was gonna what they were gonna be doing because things were going so badly. But at the same time, you know, we do know that it killed this era of films in terms of people's enthusiasm for them. We don't know what's on the other side of Tom Brevoort ju- jumping onto the X Men. Um, so or, we can't. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just the. Uh, I mean, if it's the next year, right? Just the the resolution of Gillen's story right. prior to Tom coming on. Right. Yeah, that's all we can really say is that you know that the stories that are being told will 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 resolve. And then who knows? Someone said, "Oh yeah, Dan said like, what if what if six months from now, Kieran Gillen's tight because he didn't get to tell his story. Uh, he didn't get to finish it out." Um, you know, these things do happen as well. Who knows? Surely you plan an exit, though, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Blue Spaceman says it's assumed Revort will bring a back-to-basics approach, but that may or may not be right. And that's why that's exactly why I brought up um, earlier what kind of, what kind of energy will, will Brevoort bring to the role. Because we can't even say what kind of an editor Brevoort is. We can't say he's, you know... A, reb, a rebellious editor who's going to want to go against the grain and really do things differently. But we also can't say he's going to want to go back to basics because we've seen Tom do a lot of different things during his tenure with Avengers. You know, they took a lot of risks. They took a lot of risks between Disassembled and Civil War. And I think it's really easy to look at comics now in 2023 and say that Civil War wasn't a risk. Mm. But I think it was. Yeah, and he was he was at the, the tippy top of that. So, and again, like I you know, like I've said, getting those pieces looking in the same direction, you know, yeah. right? And quite frankly, um, I trust Tom Brevoort. I trust that he's the type of editor who's going to do what's right for the line, not yeah. what's right for him not leaning into a style that he has. I think the reason why he's the chosen one is because he is an expert at dealing with large-scale, money-making product lines and getting the best out of the creators and doing what's best for Marvel. That's why he's in this position. Yeah. Or or to the point of the history of the Avengers under him, right? Variation. Yeah. And openness to that variation and seeing that play out to the conversation we had with um, Heather the other week. You know, she she's not there. The editor is not there to dictate their story. 
but to help craft and uh, help refine the larger narrative. And right. so I think, yeah, to that point, he's the guy if they have had so much ver uh, variation in Avengers. Are you guys, is this the right thing for Marvel to do? Without being able to, you know, cast out a year, two years from now and say how, what the result was without having access to that, without knowing if Nicole will end, whatever, is the right decision to bring Tom Brevoort to the X-Men? I think it addresses it on multiple levels. Yeah. Makes sense. I think in terms of getting someone who can do the show running without having to write titles at the same time and can organize absolutely everything, assuming that's what's going to happen, I I think, yeah. I love what you said, yeah. Having to be being the guy who kind of show runs without having to also write the books. Yeah. I like that. I that that is what makes the most sense to me based on what they were trying to do in the Hawksbox Krakoa era behind the scenes. Yeah. You know. And I think, you know, I don't know what Jordan White is doing and I don't mean this as an as an insult. I don't know what he's doing in that things are so disparate, things are so, you know, uncohesive they need someone again like i've said to to get everyone looking at the same thing and yeah I, and I, go ahead i think i think he'll be great for that when you got a guy like jonathan hickman who comes in with this big idea you don't necessarily need a brevoort overseeing that you can get a jordan d white who is a veteran i'm not i'm not disparaging yeah, white yeah. but like you don't necessarily need the top guy when hickman has such a clear vision but you know, he left and, you know, we all have our feelings about where things have been. So, well, and that said, maybe we're getting giving Hickman a little bit too much credit. You know, um, he had this clear vision and this clear um, look forward as to what he wanted to do. But his next event was X of Swords mm. and the stuff that was sort of coming from you know, the X-Men at the time was sort of all over the place. And then X of Swords happened and it all kind of flopped. It's mm. a good point. So I was maybe, maybe this situation isn't quite as successful as we want it to be. You know, maybe we're thinking about Hickman in rose colored glasses. But you know, what's funny. I, I would challenge that if you went back and read 10 of Swords, not that you would think it was good, because that's insane, but that you might think that the Hickman written parts were good, which I think we said yeah. back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Yes. And that's the problem, is that it, Hickman couldn't write it all, but they couldn't yeah. allow the only X books to be the ones that he wrote. Right, yeah. And, and I think that's the hard part, is letting your <laughs> letting your children frolic in your garden, you know, some of them are going to pull up weeds. <laughs> hey, I got a bone to pick real fast because I'm looking at the amount of likes that we got right now. And I'm trying to figure out if you guys know what show this is. 
This is the comics, pals. You know what we do. Let's get those likes up. We got a draft coming. I'll explain the theme of the draft a little later. I think you'll like it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So let's get those numbers up. We're doing a likes goal of, um, let's see. We can do what? Let's do a weird number. Let's do 27. Ooh. Sounds good. We'll do 27. I don't care when you're listening to this show. If you're listening to this show and Krakoa is over already, I want you to smash that like button. <laughs> Smash it, smash it out of respect for what we had. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> pour one out. Pour one out. Your like <laughs> is a pouring one out for Krakoa, but don't do it on Krakoa because Krakoa is a living island and that's rude. <laughs> that's a great point. He's gonna, he's gonna say something. Point. He's gonna, I, I, there's also a poll um, coming out of that conversation. Is Tom Brevoort becoming the ex-editor the right move? So let us know. Yes. Wanna hear, wanna hear your voice. Yes, please do let us know. Currently 93 to 7. So <laughs> I want to know who that one is. I want to know who that man or, or woman is. Yourself. I want to know that person. Reveal yourself. Oh, Dan says I reject your peer pressure. Oh, that's probably a response to my, the, my command. Yeah. Yes. Uh, to me, my pals, smash the like button. Nice. Let's get it. Um, fun conversation. Love the X-Books, always will. I've been an X-Men fan since the animated series. It's very important to me. I think probably pretty much everyone has a special connection to the X-Men. And I think that's why this is such a big deal and why it's such a big deal that they'll be coming to the big screen soon. Yeah, 100%. Soon TM, by the way, because we don't know how soon soon is. That shit could be... We could be here in our fucking wheelchairs talking about some X-Men. <laughs> we will be. Yeah. <laughs> Be as old as Kale. Do you remember Krakoa? <laughs> I, I don't remember what I had for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Kale's just like, what'd you call me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else? Um, I want to talk about Patreon. I want to talk about patreon.com slash the comics pals, which if you enjoyed the conversation that we just had and you're excited about what's to come, I think the best way to do that, the best way to support us is to join us on patreon.com slash the comics pals and come hang out with us where we are always giving you more bang for your buck. Uh, we have a great time over there. I think the people that are on our Patreon page uh, enjoy what we post over there. Um, and we've got a little legion of our of our own over there. We're building a little Krakoan island of uh, of pals over on Patreon and, and 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 everywhere else as well. I don't want to. We're not just like the X Men. All, all all pals are welcome. We're not exclusionary. But even the villains. Even yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> well, right. Hold on. And, and based on last week's episode, who are our villains? Like, <laughs> we might have to polish this metaphor a bit. <laughs> We're going to talk about the villains uh, that you're talking about. <laughs> Maybe not bit. Orcus. No, well, cl close. <laughs> um, I, in fact, quite frankly, I think Orcus has more of a point. Mm. So, uh, but I, 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 one of the things that you get, one of the perks you get from our Patreon page, in addition to an exclusive show over there, in addition to the book club poll, um, in addition to the newsletter, lots of great stuff. Uh, the other thing that you get, though, is a nickname and a shout-out on this here very show. Uh, and uh, I want to, with that, give a special shout-out to the very best pals in the universe, 
Thunderstruck, Rebecca Alejandro, and the Hound of Justice, Atomic Hound. And of course, thank you to the Night Stalker, Harris Najinsky, Brian Demolisher Del Pozo, Kefis the Incorruptible, Momentum Mike Elliott, Starcross Catherine Stars, Dan the Truth Trudeau, Joel Justice, Jalen the Sanguine Sorcerer, Neon Knight the Cosmic Avenger, Super Shenran the Conqueror, and Marvelous Mike and McKenzie. Thank you all so, so much for the support. It means the world to us. Um, and, it, it, you know, behind the scenes, this isn't something we talk about that much forward facing, but behind the scenes, you guys are allowing us to do some really cool things. Um, and it only gets better. And you will begin, you'll see more of the fruits of that, you know, in the coming time. But uh, rest assured that we really appreciate all the support and it does matter and uh, it, it does help out. So thank you guys so much. Um, and obviously, people who don't support us on Patreon, it's totally fine. It's an additional thing. We appreciate everybody that watches the show, everybody that supports us in any form or fashion. You guys are the best. Uh, fans on earth so thank the, you the discord is free yeah like, come hang out come chill the discord is free yeah we had a community yeah. event yeah that's uh, that's a right. couple of weeks ago and it was a blast and non patrons were there just like patrons just like we were and it was a fun time so yep. come chill if you want to come chill with us live you can do that every single saturday at 10 15 a.m eastern thursdays at 6 p.m eastern for pals pulls the poll, the listener poll for Pals Polls has moved. It is officially now a YouTube staple. Why? Because a lot more of you vote there than we're on X. Yeah, boy. So uh, that's been a lot of fun and very cool. So if you are a YouTube listener, make sure that you vote in the poll. You can find that in the community section of our YouTube channel. Uh, if you're not a YouTube listener, you can still head to YouTube and, and vote in the poll. Uh, it's free to do. And uh, it gives us more of an idea of what you want us reading. Now we can kind of see, like, what does the audience want? And I'm paying very close attention to the mm. poll this week because Amazing Spider-Man number 32 is in it. And I said, if you want us to review Spider-Man anymore, you guys have to choose it. And right now, you're not. Whoa, this feels like a campaign. Easy, easy. No, 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 no campaign involved. Okay. I'm just spitting the facts. I am saying what it is. If you guys want us to be talking about Spider-Man, then you gotta, you gotta choose it. Mm. Ooh, Jean Grey's not even on this poll. What's going on? Oh, because we're reviewing Jean Grey. <laughs> that was outright. Episode. That Come was on. outright chosen. You're killing me. I didn't even get a chance to vote <laughs> against Jean Grey. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would never. I would never leave it to a vote. <laughs> he would not risk that. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't want to lose. Don't want to lose? Make it so you can't. <laughs> the, the meme would be too strong. The goal would be to uh, deliberately prevent it from winning. So I would, yeah, I would definitely campaign for that. Oh dang! But do you know who? You know what's winning right now? Yeah, penguin. Yeah, hard. Ugh. Need those numbers up for penguin. Uh, well, for Amazing Spider-Man, if you want to review oh. it. Yeah, yeah. Vote for ASM. Um, I'm not trying to. Uh, you know, I'm not hey, trying no to campaigns. sway votes. Yeah, no campaigns. No campaigns. No campaigns. No campaigns. We're already doing Jean Grey. My heart's out of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Kale. Um, let's uh, let's tackle some listener comments now. I didn't provide you guys with. I was gonna the, say, yeah. So that's that's on me. But 
I will read the comments anyway. Um, Clintaku Prime. Oh, good Ooh, what a name. That's right? good. Left us a comment on the Heather Antos interview. Uh-oh. And said, I really... En- <laughs> That's funny. I really enjoyed this interview. Heather was an awesome guest, and it was great getting industry insights from an editor's perspective. The draft at the end was a nice bonus. Great episode this week. Thank you. Wow. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I I haven't listened to all of it, but uh, one, great, great work. Thank you. I was immediately engaged uh, almost as soon as she started speaking. Yeah, it was good. Um. I hope we can have her again because I would love to pick her brain and, and listen to her speak. Like, uh, yeah, that was great. Even before the show, really, just really just a uh, cool person. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think we'll have her on again. I'd be really surprised if we didn't. She, she seemed to have a great time and, mm. um, was very expressive about wanting to come back. So sick. Um, some of you will know this, some of you won't, but we had a very interesting week, a uh, very interesting weekend post-Heather Antos interview. We had some uh, unexpected guests who decided to invade our space during the interview. Um, Orcus attacks, dude. Yeah. Just hit the gala. Yeah. We had our first run-in with Comicsgate. I don't the big ones, too. It. Yeah. The big ones. We got we got the head honchos. Yeah. Some of the some of the head honchos. Oh, there's one right there. That's great. Wow. No yeah. way. That's I, crazy. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> honor reading that comment, obviously. And quite frankly, I wish I could give you your money back because you're an idiot. I'm I won't give it back. <laughs> that don't bother me at all. You can you can super chat all you want. <laughs> I'm yeah, not I'm not reading it and I'm gonna take your money. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. But that's their tactic. Um, we don't care. You know, you control us. You can do whatever you're going to do. We don't care. Um, I think you're sad if your idea of what comics should look like involves following people around to harass them. I think mm-hmm. that's embarrassing, quite frankly. And I think that if that's how you live your life, you need to get a better life and reevaluate yourself and figure out why you're such a hateful, sick person. Um, because that's what you are if that's how you live your life. We literally, literally 30 seconds ago just said how much we had a great time speaking with her. Yeah. And this person is like uh, here to dog on us. Like what? Yeah. And 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 it's completely it's completely a waste of your life. You're only going to live one time and this is how you choose to live. You should be embarrassed for yourself, honestly. And I wonder, like, what would your family and friends think if they knew that this is how you spend your time? Like, you're a fucking loser. It's so sad and embarrassing. Spit at women, dude. Get out of here. Yeah. That's so sad and embarrassing to live that way. Uh, Atomic Hound says, CG presence validates you. Congrats. I agree with that, actually. I feel hard agree, dude. Let me tell you something. This was not a problem. (laughs) It wasn't a problem. To, To be honest... (laughs) <laughs> I I won't go too far into uh, details, but we had to talk Tyler down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we won't even get into that. But like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like um, this didn't bother us. Yeah, and we have been um, we've been vi- like, uh, you guys. A lot of you guys came around when we got onto YouTube, but 
we, uh, but we have made no bones over the six years about who we are and where we stand. Heather Antos, frankly, was one of our first guest gold. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, I, I, I think it's fair to say, at least for myself, but uh, you know, for the others, like our goal was to be able to have the type of community where someone like Heather Antos would feel welcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. And uh, that's our vibe. So, like, I have no problem establishing where, and none of us do, where we stand on issues like this. And we've always been clear. There's never been any question as to where we're aligned at. And uh, yep. I'm proud of us for our stance i'm proud of us for how we handled that situation and i'm proud of our community and i'm proud of the fact that you know we do have a community that's welcoming to all kinds of people and i want to send a message by the way i want to say something right now oh and i want to be extremely clear with what i'm about to say get on the soapbox that's it i'm not a token i'm not a diversity pick i wasn't brought here because of the color of my skin i'm the fucking host bitch figure it out i built this he made this like, if anything, I'm the token. Like, <laughs> yeah, we make it diverse. Wild, yeah. absolutely wild. But <laughs> hello, amigos. <laughs> fucking waste, of, waste <laughs> of space. Uh, let's let's get to another listener comment. We got one from Charles Santino, also on the Heather Antos interview, and I thought this was an interesting one. 20 pages might feel like a lot. It's not a lot of space to tell a story. That's a quote that Heather uh, said in the interview. Mm. And now this is Charles. And that right there is what is wrong with comics today. Will Eisner did it in eight pages. Brilliant masterpiece. So did EC. Take a look at, quote, Master Race. Mainstream comics used to do it in 20 pages and even a few less. The wonderful DC titles that tied in the animated TV shows were all self-contained stories in one issue. My own creator-owned comics have complete stories that are two pages, four pages, six pages, and the feature-length stories are anywhere from 24 to 34 pages. Today's mainstream comics are asking readers to hang on endlessly through rambling stories that go nowhere. Mm. Um, I'm glad you included this because I, I read this and I've been thinking and like sort of percolating on this one. Um, I think, uh, I think he's right about a certain era of comics writing, mm. like that was that was the thing you would do in a a spirit book by Will Eisner. You know, you you had your whatever allocation you need to tell something in eight pages. But I think we have moved on in the. Um, the larger comics and narrative environment or like how to build comics has changed. And so uh, you're totally right that you can tell a story in those, in that length of uh, pages. Um, but what people push now or what the, the narratives that are told now, it's, it's larger than that. It's a, it's a fuller story. And I think you get, not more fruitful comics, but you still get fruitful comics from that, right? Mm-hmm. It's not disparaging the two-page, four-page, eight-page, but it's saying, well, this is still this is another format, and this format happens to be popular, and we're going to lean into that for the sake of larger serialized storytelling. Right. That's that's the thing, um, you know, when Galactus invaded at the end of the issue, Johnny Storm went to college, 
<laughs> like, can you imagine that happening in today's storytelling environment? Probably not. Yeah. Like, say what you will about Bendis in 2023. In 2000, Bendis changed the game by bringing this serialized storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's all well and good to be able to make each issue its own uh, story, but that's not what readers are asking for. Mm. Readers I need more. Yeah. I'm not total. I'm not totally a fan of having to go, you know, issue to issue to issue, especially for something that I don't necessarily like. I do think you should be able to pick up an issue and be relatively satisfied. Mm. Yeah. But you know, for a broader story, like that's just that's not possible in these superhero storytelling uh, uh, mediums now. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dan says it spits truth. There isn't one correct way to tell a story. That's all it is. And and that doesn't mean that that difference affects quality either. Right. And and like to the thing that Kale said about, you know, Johnny Storm, you know, going off to college after they beat Galactus. Um, after Buffy and the Scoobies beat the master, they, you know, they had their prom or whatever, and they 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 walked off into the sunset. Um, mm. You know, after they beat the mayor, you know, they graduated from from high school, and they had a you know, like I think there's room for all things, and it's about the way that you present the story. Um, I think that something a speed is lost when you do decompress storytelling and when you have that highly serialized storytelling. Yes, you're right about that, but I also think that comics are not in newsstands anymore. Mm -hmm. Comics don't have to pray for a passerby to decide to pick up that one individual issue and then hopefully come back for the next one. But if they don't, then it's the next passerby. And they're just wondering about that one individual person, and they need to make sure that this first comic that they might be reading is perfect for them. And it's not just first comic, it's first Avengers comic, first X-Men comic, first Spider-Man comic. I wouldn't want to have to write that way, personally. Yeah. Uh, where you're keeping in mind that literally every single issue could be someone's first, and you have to like craft your stories in such a way to, to, to appreciate that. I think that's tough, but... A lot of the time, page one was, you know, uh, and this is where we're at. You know, you had to you had to catch people up because things had changed versus being dropped in the middle of a story and allowing yourself to navigate that and try to figure it out for yourself. I think there's some I think there's some value to that. Mm. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting point. I thought it was an interesting uh, an interesting analysis. Uh, Marowak Oscuro says, do you think that this narrative has killed single issues to read a, to read a quote, entire story, you got to pick up the trade. Um, that's an interesting question. What do you think about that, Kale? I don't know about killed single issues. I definitely think it's difficult to tell a, f a full story in a single issue mm. because in a certain respect, like an issue I think should be an episode it, similar to 
an episode of a season of television. Mm. But often, especially in the case of image number ones, it ends up being 10 minutes of the first episode of a trade. Right. So, you know, I think it's really tough. Um, You know, there's certainly places where that works. You know, we're getting a lot of horror anthologies now and even a lot of anthologies now uh, in mainstream stuff. Um, Marco, what's the guy that did um, Ice Cream Man and... Um, uh, Maxwell Prince? He oh, seems great to be, example. Great he example. He seems to be doing a lot of single-issue stories Yep. that are working really well because, because they're self-contained. Or the Silver Coin. Mm. you know something that's themed around a very particular thing but can tell a single story but seems to be telling a broader story but they're all disconnected yeah i think it's getting harder and harder and harder to get a full story out of a single issue out of 20 pages because it's nothing yeah hound hound and dan uh you two especially read a lot of the older stuff i would be curious to know what the page count of something from 1960 is if you guys could ask that uh figure that out in the chat for me real quick i feel like it's probably about the same right no i don't think so 2024 i think i I feel my bet is we're looking at about 32 yeah yeah, there, there there were definitely times where where there was there were more pages like there were definitely mm, more. Yeah, yeah. Um, DC in seventy. What are we talking about? The the seventies, the same yeah. time frame as uh, what we did for the history of the DC Comics implosion. I mean, at that point, we were talking about uh, forty pages Fuck. for twenty something cents, something like oh, that. Or maybe not twenty something so, cents. We've lost so much. <laughs> Oh man, um, I did want to. Oh, yeah. Atomic Counts is about the same, twenty to twenty-two pages in the sixties. Yeah, fuck sense. me then. Yeah. yeah, fuck you, Kale. Hey, okay. Oops, sorry. It's, uh, Streamlabs auto mod. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are not reviewing Blue Beetle. Uh, we did not see it. And not yet. Not yet. I think I might, but I don't know when if I'll get to it. And normally, if if I didn't see a movie in its opening weekend, I ain't seeing it. That's normally how I am. Mm, you um, fall off. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm poor. Well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I went and saw a Ninja Turtles, so that's hey. uh, that's all I get for the month. I wanted to see that too. That looks good. Um, I have seen a lot of positive buzz about this movie. Yeah. Everybody's saying it's. It's pretty good. Yeah. I don't think that this movie will do particularly well in the box office. Uh, if there were to be a movie that I thought was actually impacted by the end of the like the transitional period between eras going into the gun era, I think this would be the movie. Because Flash mm. was not a good movie. I mean, in my opinion, anyway. And clearly the audience... Felt the same. Um, and Shazam just didn't connect. No one cares. Um, oh, that, was good. that was pretty good, though. Completely forgot that came out. I, I honestly, Marco, you're the only person I, I can think of that I've seen <laughs> that, that's, that has that gone to see has it. seen it and liked it. 
bro the the <laughs> the number of people that i can interact with they go oh yeah do you guys see that one no i i feel like i am a solitary that movie theater seven people i want to say yeah i had a blast though that's more than i would have thought <laughs> wow and that's just that's a shame um but you know we're we're sort of getting into that area of superhero movies where it's like is the character familiar do we know them no uh, you know if, go ahead that said i uh my mom was asking me about my wife's favorite comic book character mm-hmm. she tries to really work hard to figure out our um uh christmas presents so Aww. i said oh yeah uh, captain marvel she went captain marvel I said yeah 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 she uh red costume blonde lady she went blonde lady no that's not right <laughs> She went, I went, hang on, are you thinking of Shazam? And I showed her a picture, and she went, oh, yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. So. Yeah. Um, isn't that so weird? Like, you you, you like you could say the Hulk, and uh, they would assume a person, and then you could be like, no, I meant Amadeus Cho. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you'd be like one of ten people who know who that is. Yeah. Um, Somebody's favorite. Yeah, somebody out there. I'm happy for Blue Beetle. I'm happy for the the creative team and the and the cast and everything like that. I think Blue Beetle will be better served probably to be a part of some team going forward. Um, but if the movie does well enough and they like the actor enough, I could see a sequel. What do you guys think about a sequel? <clears throat> I'm, I want to see it first, but I, if if it gets enough buzz and it's uh, makes sense, it's worth it for them. Give it to me. I'm happy. Quality. That's all I got. That's that's what it got to be. Yeah. It looks like uh, Blue Beetle made twenty five million in Opening previews. Weekend. Oh wow. It's not bad. Yeah, twenty five, twenty seven million. Um, oh, that's opening weekend. Is that's oh. the that's the projection, uh, twenty five to twenty seven million, and it earned ten million on Friday and three point three million in previews. Okay, so oh, thirteen, thirteen point three so far. Yeah, so they're pacing like forty percent. Mm. Okay. Word of mouth weekend. could carry it. I don't know that anything is coming out next week. I I, I don't know. Uh, that would knock Blue Beetle off its perch. I could see more people, more than seven. I could see more than seven people deciding to show up to watch Blue Beetle <laughs> if the word of mouth is there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And uh, frankly, the word of mouth and the Discord has been positive as well. So that's that's gotten me more excited. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I want to see it. I have an AMC A-list pass, so, like, I can go for free. It's just like, eh, do I really want to dedicate the time? We'll Man says free movie and goes, eh, I don't know about it, actually. Dude, I never, I literally, I don't even know if I've ever, okay, I've read comics with Blue Beetle in them, but I never deliberately read a, a comic with Blue Beetle in it, so. It's fun. He's a good character. Uh, okay. You know, if you say so. I do. <laughs> All right. Um, well. I want to talk about. I want to talk about one of my favorite. Oh no! Actually, we're going in a different order. This is not one of my favorite things. 
This might be one of my least favorite things. Um, Marvel announced a new X-Men event. Speaking of the X-Men. Oh, boy. This one is called Sabretooth War. What? Sabretooth War. Okay. So you guys know how we got X-Lives and X-Deaths, and we got um, Sins of Sinister, and it's like that January-ish event that Marvel does with the X-Line. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, is that what this is? That's exactly what this is. All right. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be taking place across several books. Uh, it'll take place in Wolverine. It looks like that's where... That's where it's going to kick off. Part one will be taking place in Wolverine 41. Um, we don't have like all that much information yet, but it's going to explore. Yeah, I guess we know this. It's going to explore the decades-long Wolverine versus Sabretooth feud. It will, quote, shed new light on the dark history with shocking revelations behind their undying hatred for each other. Quote, it's a war decades in the making, and it kicks off when Sabretooth revives a deadly tradition with some of Logan's loved ones in the crossfire. Only this time, he has an entire army behind him. Get ready for the showdown to end all showdowns. Wolverine versus Sabretooth. It's been years since these heavy hitters have crossed paths in Marvel's universe, but as for Koa Falls, so rises Sabretooth, and he's out for revenge. They threw Victor Creed in a crit in a... Wow. They threw Victor Creed in a pit, and he's ready... And wielding an army of Sabretooths will prove once and for all why he is Logan's ultimate nemesis. Mm. He's going to kill Jean Grey again. <laughs> Please. I've been through enough. Uh, this is fine. Okay. There's no heat on this. Like we, We've seen this before, and uh, now he has an army. All right. All right. Whatever. Cool. Hmm. Wow. Like, this is just not it for me. Is this an X-Men event? It's a, you know... Or is it a Wolverine event? It's a Wolverine event, just like X-Lives, X-Deaths was a Wolverine event. Um, I'm sure that there will be some revelations that are somehow relevant to now. Sure. Yeah. But they just have to get something out at that time frame. Uh, I'm, I'm vaguely interested. Oh. I like Percy's Wolverine. It's good. I am interested in the post-pit Sabretooth. And I'm interested in the Percy Sabretooth. I'm not going to go out of my way for this, no. <laughs> Especially if it's marketed as the Sabretooth War. <laughs> Come on. Just make it make it a couple issues of Wolverine, then that's cool. Make like, it a good make it a good arc. Yeah. Yeah. Um Victor Laval will be a part of this as well because he's got the Sabretooth stuff that he's he's kind of in the the person spearheading the Sabretooth stuff um post pit. Post pit. <laughs> um hate my post pit. I I just don't care about this. Benjamin Percy's great, Laval's great. Right now, I'm just not in the mood for a Sabretooth Wolverine event. We'll probably review it 
you know, at least yeah. some amount of it, and hopefully it can it can bring me in. But to be honest, I'm not actually reading anything that Benjamin Percy is writing right now, and I'm not sure why. Wolverine stuff's still pretty good. I'm backed up a few issues, but it's good. The yeah, the X lives X deaths thing really burned me on um, Wolverine. Yeah, that um, was rough. And it it's I feel like that's a shame, um, because I like when I especially in Ten of Swords. Did I call it X of Swords earlier? Maybe I, think I did. What an idiot. <laughs> um, that quest that Wolverine goes on to find his sword, I think, was awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I think if this will be a thing that sort of focuses on Wolverine and Sabretooth and maybe like the Wolverine family, that can be cool. But if it's a whole X-Men thing, I don't know. Thank you. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah. we, we will definitely see. I. I it's going to start in January, as I said, January 10th, 2024. Um, it ends with Wolverine number 50, which is actually just ahead of the 50th anniversary of Wolverine. So the timing certainly makes sense. Um, cool. Marvel described Sabretooth War as, quote, the most violent Wolverine story ever told. Well, mm. Marvel is also describing this upcoming story that we're about to talk about as the most notorious Spider-Man story ever told. We are, of course, talking about the announcement of Spider, uh, Spider-Man Spider Reign 2. Okay, Ooh. let's go. Finally here for some Kale content. There you go. <laughs> Unfortunately, my slide for Spider-Man Reign 2 is not working, but um, this is the sequel to one of the weirdest and yeah. one of the most divisive and controversial Spider-Man stories of all time yeah, by Carr Andrews that dropped in 2006 and 2007. It was four issues. For some reason, I remember it being longer than that, but it was just four issues. No. But I think, he, short. I think the issues were a bit longer, maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. And it's a bugged-out, weird-ass storyline that shows Spider-Man in the future. It's kind of like a bad dystopian future where uh mary jane is dead and she's dead go ahead uh well i was uh, to take sort of the before you reveal that it it's sort of an old man logan yeah. premise but with spider-man yeah and frankly it's the only one i'll give credit to <laughs> i don't want to know about any other old man stories i want spider-man rain this was my first old man story, and I didn't even know that that yeah. was a thing, although I guess yeah. it was sort of becoming a thing yep. more so. Um, yeah, you're right. It's, to me, it's fantastic. I love it. Yeah? I love it. I love it the same way I like uh, Dark Knight Strikes Again. It's, oh. It's buck wild. Right. It really is. And, and, and when I first read it, I was like, confused i was like wait is this yeah. happening now when is this happening i was a teenager um but i loved it because it was so radical 
Yep. And uh, of course, the storytelling is fantastic. Andrews is a is a tremendous creator who I don't see enough, but I think that's because he does a lot of stuff outside the big two. And I've read some of that. Um, yeah. But go buy Spider Man Reign. That's a book club we got to do because that is a tremendous comic book. But we're getting a sequel. We're getting a sequel. Um, the cover image or the 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 promotional image that they're using features Spider-Man with webbing on him and behind him appears to be the body of Mary Jane. Uh-oh. Which is Exhumed? really getting that vengeance. <laughs> A zombie? Ugh. Um <laughs> should we <laughs> should we talk about that? I I mean will it I think so. M- mess with what's going on forward are you talking about what with the you're talking about the with what happened to mary jane right kill yeah yeah i think so you want to say it so uh a big part of the reason at least in spider-man reign in front you know it's been a while since i've read it but uh a big part of the reason that it seems like peter parker quit being spider-man in this reign Mm. universe Mm -hmm. is because mary jane died from his radioactive semen uh and that's that's what it is man what? <laughs> so <laughs> what the fuck i love so it so that so that their promotional image is uh you know a dead her coming back with peter parker covered in webs is just oh no Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> some uh some some real spunky marketing there. But like listen, genuinely don't yeah, the book says fluids. <laughs> maybe I should have um yeah, maybe what, I should have uh, <laughs> uh genuinely sword. the book <laughs> is it's wild, but it's a it's a great look at Spider Man sort of coming up out of peter parker Mm. you know there's um the old animated series episodes where he like fights his own suits Mm. it's kind of like that it's almost like spider-man has to like you know alien come from his mouth you know come out of him oh that's cool okay it's trippy it's it's visceral um it's harder edged i don't think it's edgy necessarily but um i think that it's cool. And so with the sequel, we don't know much. Uh, we don't really know anything. I typically don't care for sequels in comics. I think they're mostly not very good. Yeah. But um, if everything else is going to be the same, if Car Andrews has a story to tell, let's get it. Yep. Especially yeah. that it's done by Car Andrews. Like, I got to show up for it. Yeah. Dan says, it was saliva. Get your brain out of the gutter. Listen, man, I don't know what you want me to t- tell you. I see I mean, the word fluid. I think of one thing. They, I mean, they never had sex. Like, come on. Of course, yeah. Those they 90s Todd McFarlane comics, they never happened. Those aren't real anymore. Like, that lingerie model Mary Jane? No, 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 no. Dude. 
said no 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 yeah um i am i'm excited i think this is gonna be good this is gonna be the good stuff hopefully yeah for sure yeah all right let's keep this train rolling uh let's talk idw Ooh, some people's favorite <laughs> so obviously we interviewed heather antos who is the group editor in charge of licensed products at idw last week we're going to talk about another side of idw which is the originals side of idw because idw originals line is getting the axe um we learned there was some scuttlebutt about a potential idw originals implosion and that came to fruition essentially last week when we learned that several creators started to come out on twitter and talk about the fact that their books had been canceled and that they had been canceled before we even got to see them um I, for its part, IDW really hasn't commented on this yet. This is all coming from rumor and innuendo. This is coming from the horse's mouths in some cases as it relates to the creators who have talked about, you know, the status of their books. Um, I think Will Robson was the first creator to talk about this on social media. Um, and Will said, quote, well, this sucks. My creator-owned IDW book just got canceled midway through making it. I'm devastated. After spending years on the pitch, which I'm tr uh, on the pitch, I'm truly gutted. This was a huge opportunity for me as a creator, and now it's gone. Guess I'm free if anyone wants to hire me. Yikes. Yeah. We know who did it. We know the culprit. Right. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'll drop the bit. We'll kick you off. Don't even think. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's terrible that especially thinking about, you know, taking the time to have to pitch, taking the time to like develop the story, craft it with a person. Right. It's not even at this point, it's not even an individual's uh, story necessarily. It's a team. And that always sucks at that point. Yeah, that's a team. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And so, I mean, the question really comes down to why. Um, and there's been a lot of speculation about what has happened. Obviously, we know that IDW has been through it uh, over the last year and some change. Uh, in April of this year, IDW had announced that they were going to be reorganizing. They delisted from the stock market. They laid off uh, somewhere in the avenue, somewhere in the neighborhood of 40% of their staff. There were a lot of uh, adjustments. They... Um, they promoted some people, laid off a whole bunch of people. Um, and so, you know, that's the status as of April. Of course, they saw success with, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Star Trek, which are doing well. The licensed stuff is, is doing what it needs to do. Um, but the originals line, not so much. And the other issue, and I think this is at the core of it is that they've got too many books. They have too many books to justify, or they're not big enough to justify the amount of books that they're publishing. Mm -hmm. And from what I read, from what's being reported, they had IDW Originals 
for three years. Like they had three years worth of material. Damn. Jeez. And they're trying to pivot into more licensed property, not less. So I think what's happening is they're making room for some of the some of the more licensed stuff and cutting costs where it makes sense, which is yeah. the originals aspect. It's a, a risk that, uh, to some degree. It's a risk, right? Because you don't know you, you, you don't know that an audience will be built around those books to the same degree where you have a found audience with those licensed comics. Yeah. It's tough. And it's hard. Like more and more publishers are saying, Hey, let's do more IP. And there's work there. You know, it's not like there's not work for creators when you're talking about IP, but will Robson, you know, talented as, as he is, you know, I'm sure that he would like his work to be his original, you know, work, his original yep. ideas, his 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 IP um, that now doesn't have a home at IDW. And that sucks. It's what sucks about it is it's just it's cost efficiency. Like, that's what it boils down to. And I don't think that that's that's I don't feel that that's necessarily the company's fault like if you're going to stay in if you're going to stay solvent or at the very least you want to continue publishing comics it's a hard choice and that's what this was i think is a hard choice yeah it, it's upsetting because you're affecting creators at the end of the day but if you're going to stay alive i mean that's part of that risk yeah, um, Top Lane says every single great IP started as a new one, and that's completely true and valid. But, you know, when you're competing with things that have been around for, you know, three times like my lifetime or someone's lifetime, like generations have grown up on these things, you know, and uh, it's hard to beat that. It's hard to compete with that. That's why the Transformers license and the G.I. Joe license was such a tough loss because – there are people who will read those comics in perpetuity, no matter where they're being published or who's the creator behind it, because they just grew up on that stuff and they're into it. Mm. How can you beat that? Yep. And uh, frankly, like I think the I think the heart's in the right place. Like even maybe only take great pitches moving on, like for sure. But then you have to you have to balance this out. Like I'm I'm publisher and I have to say, do I publish? uh you know more star trek stuff or maybe see if i can uh win something with this creator i'm gonna go with guaranteed sales unfortunately and uh, you know this is company politics you know especially yeah. when it comes you know uh, a lot of companies like this you know boom doesn't have a very good reputation for their relationships with creators um it could be it could very much be the attitude of ah oh, fuck them kids <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> it, it, you know if if new and creative ip were such a a, a draw marvel and dc would be doing it or instant you know? money maker yeah right like, creators don't get 
into comics for oh god i'm about to say something so revolutionary i can't believe it's about to come out of my mouth creators don't come to comics to get money companies do right i think that's right. absolutely true you're right there kale i am very disappointed i didn't quite get the <laughs> reaction i was hoping for <laughs> oh <laughs> whoops i i thought that was a good point um it is yeah um you know and i think uh a lot of companies will be blinded by something like ninja turtles something like star trek that's it's a bird in the hand right not two in the bush i mean let's talk about you know the fact that if you look at the landscape of comics over the last 20 years what have been the biggest let's really think about it right and name the mm. biggest successes that weren't ip you know that weren't like established ip mm. and we can do it right now you got the walking dead yeah you got invincible you got saga yeah what else what did i miss that's it right Born scott pilgrim IP. scott pilgrim yeah Menos. you know and that's even maybe that's because it. of the movie but it's yeah. still it blew up it's it, it's big it's big enough so that's it though what else do we have yeah naruto and it ain't coming from yeah well yeah manga manga that's where it's, that's where that's coming from manga and that stuff ain't coming from idw yeah you know yeah uh, no disrespect to oni but i think they got lucky with scott pilgrim you know I think that was the right time for that kind yeah. of thing. And, and it, you know, you know, it caught fire and that's fantastic. But it's the point that I'm trying to make by bringing that up is that it's insanely hard to get yeah. your new IP off. Insanely yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah. How many creators have we personally spoken to who talked about the deal that they got with Hollywood, the, you know, the 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 spec deal the you know we've talked about that a lot with creators who whose projects have been snatched up only to go literally nowhere development mm -hmm. hell it's been mark millar's decade like <laughs> right even even uh rick remender you know deadly class was one of the hottest things yeah. at image and the show came and went yeah they couldn't make it work and he's not really had another at bat. Well, he did the, uh, they did the uh, the net. I think it went to Netflix. Um, Last days of the American crime, and that oh yeah, that came and went. That. Yeah, that was yeah. nothingness. But some of those, even like Persepolis, I people don't even associate with like comics. Yeah, it's strictly oh that that was a film. Right. But 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 you know. The point stands. These things yeah. are difficult to get over. And IDW is making the choice that they feel is best for them. And I, it's hard to fault them for that, even though I do feel really bad for the creators. That said. Well, I'll fault them for it. It doesn't bother me a bit. <laughs> Fair enough. Fuck them. IDW did do a good deed in this. They gave the rights back to the mm. creators. Good. So they can okay. go and they can shop this to other um, other. Uh, publishers it's wild that that's a good deed unfortunately Word. yeah but we know what they could have done yeah oh, yeah yeah sure. absolutely it's and it's such bullshit we don't want to make money with it but neither will you 
Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Loser take oh is it no winner take all mentality? Yeah. Nah. Uh yeah, Dan's right. Hollywood pays for way more than they actually produce. So many uh so many people have gotten, you know, quite a bit of money off of those Hollywood hold holding deals that they do. Mm-hmm. So um giving a creator their creation literal bare minimum yeah absolutely yeah you're 100 percent right but the age we live in is is such that that is that is something to be celebrated for sure oh. uh, I, I, was, I was just looking at the site for what books were out this week you got two ninja turtle books godzilla book a sonic book Bryn Moore, which was one of those originals um but that's it mm. but you know it's one, the license one out stuff. of four. Five, uh, yeah. One out of five is a a, a creator owned. No, yeah. better odds than I thought, to be honest. Still though, Marowak says though they are from DC. Well, you got Why the Last Man, Preacher, Sandman, One Hundred Bullets, and Fables. I don't know that I would say that that any of those has reached the level of a Walking Dead or Invincible. Hmm. Um, Sandman's getting bigger now. Well, Sandman's not even from, uh, that's not even a recent thing, but it's not from the last yeah. 20 years, but. Well, and, and Sandman has its own graphic novel, you know, big, you know, capital G, capital N right. legacy yeah. yeah, that we're only just tapping into. Like that was already a, a massive thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sandman, if, if it was like that, I would have said spawn, but I specifically wanted to keep it to the last 20 years. Because I think it's gotten harder to do this. Um, I mm. think it's gotten harder to make something a hit. It's not just enough for it to be good. There's way too much stuff out there. And it's not just in comics. It's everywhere. Yeah, there's a conversation around um, Jeff Lemire and his... Uh, Marco, help me. Is it the Phantom Road? Yeah. He yeah. has a plan for it to go 50 issues or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, I saw something about that. Yeah. And it's... a. You know, the conversation is sort of like, oh, is that too much in today's... It's like, well, I mean, he's Jeff Lemire. You know, he's riding high on Sweet Tooth money. <laughs> like, Even if it doesn't do great, he can probably still get his 50 issues, and then that story will, you know... If it's bad, it'll disappear, but, you know, I, by all accounts, it's good. Why Why yeah. can't Why can't Jeff Lemire get, get 50 issues? Rick Mender gets... Rick Remender gets to do whatever the hell he wants, as he yeah. should, but as they all should. If you've reached that upper echelon, you should get to do what you want because people especially, show up. Especially at a creator-owned uh, company. Yeah, 100%. They're never going to say no to a Lemire or a, or a Brubaker Phillips or a Remender. Those people have carte blanche. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but I think for, for something like, like that, you need to – like really lean into it, right? Like, because at some point, do the sales warrant the public, like the actual publication, and that would might be a conversation, right? But I think otherwise, are totally aligned. Yeah, give the I guy, mean, let, let the man, let the man cook. If the sales are a fucking problem, why don't the companies market the fucking books? <laughs> kale, it's not that simple. K- 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 kale, kale, it's not that simple. Says wow. the says the dude whose whole job is marketing. Yeah, it's pretty simple. <laughs> uh, yeah. By the way, go ahead. That's all. No, I was just, yeah. Apology accepted. 
by the way, on the screen right now, I have a, a page from, this is a work in progress page from the title that Will Robson was working on. And uh, I got to say, uh, it, it looked really good. And that's just one page that he released. He released several. Um, and it's good stuff. And I hope that this book finds a home. I hope they all find homes. I yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. What I haven't seen, I, and I, I've really tried, uh, you know, if it was, if I, if I missed it, I missed it. But I tried to find out what this means for the originals that are still around from the first wave. Because mm -hmm. you have things like the Dark Spaces books that uh, Scott Snyder and Hayden Sherman um, yeah. were doing. Right. And so I don't know. Uh, that's continued. They've, they've had several miniseries in that world. I don't know if that's, if that's going away. I don't know if The Hunger and the Dusk is going away, which is the G. Willow Wilson book. Um, I haven't seen that, but yeah, we don't have answers for that. That well, I know of. Just thinking about um, the G. Willow Wilson book and sort of the fantasy crowd that could come from that. Mm. And then I had the same thought about is Dark Space, it's that firefighter book, right? Yep. Yeah. I was thinking about. <laughs> Walk with me here. The NCIS um, and CSI sort of, you know, how they have all the spinoffs and your parents always watch them and it doesn't matter. They're all the same story Yo. with a different, you know, with a different uh, uh, location and a slightly different old white guy in charge. Right. I wonder if IDW is going to market it that way. <laughs> CSI was legit, dude. Oh, we're watching and not by my... Uh, 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 volition. We're watching NCIS uh, New Orleans. Whoa. Oh, okay. Scott Scott Bakula in charge. And you know what? It's not bad. <laughs> I I get it. You would. Um, I'm hoping that IDW that this is like a roundabout good sign for the company because I have said this many times. I think that there are probably too many publishers and comics right now i don't actually think the market is big enough to sustain all of the publishers that want to make money in this industry and when you talk about i think heather said 250 titles a week a, a, a week or something like that it's a lot yeah or maybe i'm mixing that up but i'm pretty sure she said that um or sorry for like cumulatively yeah. all, like all over the industry yeah it might have been a month. Maybe it's a month, yeah. but that does that sounds low. Um, yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. There are more comics published than like most other things, like entertainment wise. I feel like it's it's probably too much, and they're not cheap. Hmm. Yeah, that that's the biggest thing is that they're they're not cheap. So you have to be selective. It's not like. Um, uh, frankly, it's not like, like YouTube, right? The, the amount of content that gets produced for YouTube on a daily basis must be in the millions. Yeah. And, but it's all accessible and that's the blocker is it's the accessibility. And so right. you have to be, you have to really dis, um, distinguish. No, well, you, you have to like really discern what you want to buy and be intentional with that dollar. And that's the hard part. So like, yeah, you'll have pockets of success for individual mm -hmm. books or individual writers, but um, those are outliers 
to the average, right? They 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 fall to the a few standard deviations away from that median. Yeah. I've I've been thinking about this a lot and Sean, stop me if you want to have a broader conversation about this, but I want to take your thing a step further. The uh the comic book market is too small for the amount of publishers we have. I think it might be too small for the amount of creators that want to come in. One hundred percent. I was just thinking that. I completely um, agree. And that may that may be a, a a bigger topic for you know. Definitely. Um, but you know, I've been I've been I've been working at this for a decade, and I've not even I've not even scratched the surface, and you know I think people coming in trying to make a career out of it it's like trying to be you know a big actor you know yeah. if you can work you're you know you're already ahead but to get to that point like you've got to sacrifice and sweat and the world just isn't built for that anymore mm. Mm. no i have i have big thoughts on this one actually yeah so, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah okay we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll save that but that is that was good uh, that is a topic that i would love to dive into deeper um we'll leave it there on the subject of idw hopefully the creators land on their feet uh it's worth pointing out that idw does have a an imprint called top shelf and oh yeah yeah maybe some some stuff can land over there or you know whatever so Wishing the best for those creators. Now, I think it's a kid-focused book or like younger audience, whatever. But uh, I promised a draft. We promised a draft. Add a likes goal. We hit the likes goal. So I thought, in honor of the fact that we were called the Diversity Pals, a we could draft. We could do a diversity draft. Mm. Ooh, okay. So that's what we're going to do. We are going to draft a team of five Marvel superheroes, but the catch is that they all must be minorities. <laughs> Might as well lean into it. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> so you guys know how the drafts work. We are going to do a snake draft. We'll be drafting five characters. They have to be minorities. And the winner of the draft will be whoever the audience decides wins. What's the metric of winning? Whatever you think it is. Now uh, I... Go ahead. And This is just Marvel? This is just Marvel. Okay. okay. Well, this is going to be harder than I want it to be. Uh, <laughs> C.W. Gordon says, X-Men Black does have a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> You got that damn right, C.W. Gordon. <laughs> I've got my handy-dandy dice, as you guys know. Oh, are these new? Uh, these are not new. I just don't show them off because I don't actually like them. But, uh, oh. um, you know, we're, we're, we're the diversity pals, and we do something so boring that a certain other chat was <laughs> doing it too. So the draft is so bad, right? 
that the other chat was doing it. We're going to do it, and we're going to show why it's a fun thing to do. I'm going to roll for Marco first. And unlike that other chat, come join us. You know, toss in a toss in a diversity team. Yeah, why not? I just, I am so uncomfortable <laughs> with this. <laughs> Here we go. That's a five for Marco. Oof. Not That's great. An L. I'll roll for myself. A ten. And I'll roll for Kale. I'll show you that the one is that the the one is a one and the the, the design is a six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for Kale, that's a three. Oof. Right. And just to show you, that's a one. That is a six. Yeah. Uh, Dan asks a great question: Do the mutants count as minorities? Do no. all mutants count as minorities? We're only talking about the kind of minority that would get you in trouble in real life. <laughs> The kind that Kong's Gate campaign against. Right. Cyclops is not valid Ooh. for this. Damn. Unfortunately. Hey, hey, hey. Jean's not either. No. No. Yeah, she might all. be, actually. She might be. <laughs> there might be something to do that. <laughs> all right. So the order is. Do you go first? I go first. Then Marco. Then Kale. Right. Then Kale. Marco. Kale, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is this is going to be interesting. I will start. Um, I'm going to start with. I'll go. Damn, this is actually really hard. I'm going to go with oh. Storm. I'm going to start with Storm. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, give me Falcon. Actually, no. Give me Cap. Two from Kale. Uh, okay. Uh, my first one will be Mystique. What is Mystique? She's gay. Oh, or, yeah. Oh, somewhere oh, on okay. that. All right, all right. We can somewhere hey, on that okay. spectrum. Whatever. Okay. I wasn't. I wasn't is. thinking about that, but yeah, absolutely. Gotta use that old noggin. Uh, and then I will go. No, I could make it all a gay team. I'd have to fucking work about it, though. <laughs> Wolverine. Well, what about the He's rumors? got two penises. He doesn't count. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah. Fuck it. No. Uh, Nor who's no. it? North, North Star? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one that got married, right? Yeah, In The yeah. first big... Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Mystique and North Star. And then it would be Marco's turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, America Chavez. All right. Another gay character. <laughs> also Hispanic. Kale. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what she's known for. <laughs> uh, I'm going to draft Darwin next from the X-Men. Hmm. Do I go twice? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um... And I will also draft War Machine. Oh, I was going to go Ruby. Mm. Uh, Is that your pick? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. But you did um, two, right, Sean? Oh, I didn't. No, I, oh, I, I didn't do two. My bad. Oh, my bad, my bad. No, that's good. Uh, I'll take... Uh, Hmm. I want to take a really good one. Um, oh, easy. 
I'll draft Miles Morales. Nice. Mm. So Marco got Ryuri. Yeah. Um, I will do Loki. Oh, okay. Because Loki, for, yeah, Loki counts. For my second pick, I will also do Wiccan. Wiccan, okay. I'm going to do T'Challa. Black oh, Panther. You suck for taking him from me. <laughs> she got it faster. You're right. Maybe over War Machine. Whatever. I I would agree. Uh, So then that's me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'll do two. No, it's the last one, no? Yeah, this is my last. Yeah, Four. but the, this is the last round. So you'll do two, and then we go into the oh, last. Oh, okay, okay. I will say I want to keep my theme going. Um Oh, perfect. Uh Blue Marvel. Nice. Yes. Nice. Um damn, I broke my That's a shame, Marco. That's a my damn theme. shame. Huh? Sorry. You don't know who Blue Marvel is? Um yeah, Maybe yeah, a yeah, good yeah. book on the on the stands. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Uh. Dang it. Uh, Amadeus Cho. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute surrender. <laughs> I couldn't think of another one, and I was trying to keep. I, I started with let me do an America theme, and then I realized I don't know that many American diverse like characters like that. So let me just lean into just like anything else at that point. Uh, so, so this is the last one, right? Yeah. And just a clarification, that's the Hulk Amadeus the show, Hulk. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is the last one. Uh, yes. This no, you need. Yeah, this is your last one. one. Yeah. Yep. One, two, three, four. Yeah. I should have one more. You know what? I can't separate them. I'm gonna go with. Oh, I can make a bold move here. Do it. I'm going to stake my claim. I'm going to stake my claim. Kitty Pride. Okay. Yeah. She's not yeah. canonically. Uh, no. Yeah, no. no they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah, she is, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Good stuff. You know what's funny? I was so sure you were going to draft Hulkling that I wrote that down. <laughs> he was my, he was my, he was, I, I was like, I can't separate Wiccan and Hulkling. That would be cruel. But I want Kitty Pride a lot more. <laughs> well, dude, you fucking separated Mystique and Destiny. Word. Well, they've been separated for hundreds of years or whatever. Like, they're used to it. It's fine. Unreal. All right. So these are the teams we've got. We've got uh, me with Storm, Darwin, War Machine, Miles Morales, and Blue Marvel. Marco with Sam Wilson Cap, America Chavez, Black Panther, Amadeus Cho. Oh, wait. Do you? Ha who did I miss for you, Marco? Riri? Oh, Riri Williams, yes. Um, Sam Wilson, America Chavez, Black Panther, Amadeus Cho, and Riri Williams, Ironheart. And Kale got Mystique, North Star, Loki, Wiccan, and Kate Pride. Now, I don't know if you guys noticed the trend, but uh, I went with all black people, mm -hmm. and Kale went with all white gay people. I mean, how many... <laughs> No. How many 
isn't North Star is uh, I think he's Inuit or something. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. I could be wildly wrong about that. Uh, Marco didn't even have the theme. What are you dogging on me no, for? I, I started one. It was going to be like, these are these are all American. Like, this is America sort of situation. And then I, it quickly fell apart. And I'm just like, I'm going to pick uh, some diversity. And that's it. And also, <laughs> and also, Kate Pride is three identities. LGBT, she's Jewish. What's the other one? Uh Uh-huh. There is another one. You sure? Where are you taking this? (laughs) That she's not just a white person. Thank you very much. North Star is French-Canadian? Oh, I don't know. Oh. He is, yes. Black Adam wouldn't count because we were just doing Marvel. But He's uh, not black, so... Otherwise, well, black Black Adam is is uh, like Egyptian or something. Kandaki. Yeah, oh, that's right. A fake. Uh, he's a fake nationality. Which, to be <laughs> fair, Black Panther is too. But that's okay. Um, let us know who won the draft. Who do you think won? Was it uh, Marco with the American but not team? Uh, with the no theme. Yeah, with the no theme. <laughs> Me with the black theme. Or Kale with the white gay theme. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this show is so fun. (laughs) I love getting you nervous about it. (laughs) What do you want? It's so funny. Like, I'm not supposed to be. (laughs) Wait, what about Dr. Doom? Oh, wait. Wait, why would Dr. Doom be? uh... He's Romani. Hmm. In Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Right. And right. I believe Dick Grayson. Oh. Has Romani heritage. Yeah. Didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Let us know who you think won the draft. And uh, there is a poll up. So if you're watching us live, you can vote in the poll. While we let you guys know a little bit about how you can support us over on patreon.com slash the comics pals. If you had a fun time with this show and you want to get more of us and you want to show that this is something that you enjoy, uh, the best way to do that is by heading on over to our Patreon page and um, throwing your support behind the comics pals. Clearly we're under attack. As you heard earlier, we even had one of them come, uh, come say hello, if you will. So uh, let's show, let's show the opposite. Let's show love. Um, and that's not the only way to show love. There are a lot of ways to show love. And I think um, that's a message that I would like to end the, the, the show on, uh, regardless of us. It's just showing love to the things that you love. Um, you know, whatever that be. If that's uh, this podcast, if that's Blue Beetle, and you want more things like Blue Beetle, the best way to get more of that is to go watch it. Um, you know, we all talk about what we want. We all talk about we want diversity, we want this, that, and the third. There shouldn't be seven people in the Blue Beetle uh, audience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, And mm-hmm. I hold myself to task because I haven't even gone and seen it. Um, but yeah, put your, your money, put your love behind what you love. Uh, if you want to watch this show live, you can do that every single Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern for Pals Pulls. Vote in the Pals Pulls listener poll over on YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals. Under the Community tab, you will find the most recent poll so you can go head on over there vote for your favorite spider-man 
and um, yeah, we'll 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 review whatever wins. Come find out on Thursday. Join us on Discord. If you're a cool person, if you enjoy uh, the kind of thing we do around here, uh, our Discord server is a lot of fun. I think this week in particular, we had a lot of really good, strong conversations. Uh, Matt Murphy brought up some good topics and things like that. So, um, And there's more fun that's coming. We're going to be doing more community events that are Discord member exclusive, uh, all kinds of stuff. So if you have been on the fence about joining the Discord server, hop on the bandwagon. And all that stuff is free, by the way. Like we have the yeah. Patreon, and that, you know, yeah, that does that obviously costs money. Discord's free. Yep. We want you. We want you to come interact with us. Absolutely. And be and be cool. That's all the. That's the only real rule. Just be cool. Be cool. That's all. Um, Dan says, "Well, I love the comics, pals, and its community. We love you too. Thank you so much." Uh, Kale, plug. Thank you so much for this listening to this episode of the Comics Pals. You can find me on Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at Killword.com. That's C L E W A R D.com. Or if you have a very well trained pigeon, make sure and send them my way because I will respond to that. Uh, Kale, what's your uh, what's your X handle? Oh, I don't have X. Uh, what do you mean, Kale? You don't have X? You're not on X? Why are you not on X? Bro, Call what? Me, I want no part of X. I don't want... I, I I don't even want to be on Instagram. I don't want you to contact me. Stop talking to me. <laughs> well, Kale, you should be open to all communication. You should be on nah. all social media platforms so that people can get at you whenever they want to. Not interested. I don't... Listen, I'm open to one person. And that's my wife. And you know oh. what? That takes some work. So y'all gonna have to put in some effort. Is she allowed yeah. to message you on social media? No. No, she has, <laughs> she has the sending stone in her hand. She came in and kicked the door down, and that's that's why we were married. <laughs> you, yes. That's right. Marco? Uh, follow me on X, on Instagram, threads I'm not on. I mean, I have it, but at Mr. Marco Animoto, wherever you can. That's it. Come talk to me. I'm open to it. Unlike a certain somebody. I am on X and Instagram only at Sean Soapbox. Come talk to me about uh, your, your, your good opinions about things like uh, wrestling and UFC, which mm. I'll be watching tonight. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Until next time, we are the Comics Pal signing off. Take care, guys. I won the diversity poll. The white guy won the diversity poll. Let's go. See you next week. That-